Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. Today we're jumping back into the book of Hebrews, and we're in Hebrews chapter 11. Does anybody know what the subject of Hebrews chapter 11 is? It's all about faith, right? It's kind of like the hall of faith, right? These are like the Old Testament people that like, man, you look at their lives and you go, man, these are people of faith. It is all about, did you know that in Hebrews chapter 11, the words by faith are used over 17 times? Over 17 times. In fact, let me just give you a few examples. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, Joshua. By faith, Rahab. And on and on and on. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? By faith. I guess not. There's not, a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of agreement here. Are you guys with me or are you asleep already? I, I need you with me, all right? <laughs> no, this, this list is filled with people that says, by faith. By, we call it the hall of faith. But you know what I love about this list? Did you know something about this list? This list is filled with imperfect people. Do you mean imperfect people can land on God's hall of fame list? Hall of faith list? Absolutely. Noah got drunk. Abraham lied. Sarah laughed at what God said. Jacob was a deceiver. Moses was a murderer. Rahab was a prostitute. David committed adultery and murder. And we're not even going to talk about that Samson guy. Right? What this tells me is oftentimes when we think about being a person of faith, I think sometimes we go, man, that person's a person of faith. And we go, they're just such a strong person. Look at them. They are, they are so strong in what they believe. And, and, and as if somebody never wavers, as if they just, if they're a person of, uh, of faith, they're just this strong, knock it out of the park, hall of fame type person. But this list tells me that that's not necessarily the case. It says that's not necessarily the case. I think sometimes we think that, that if I have enough faith, then bad things won't happen to me. Have you ever heard that one before? If, if, if things are going wrong in your life or circumstances are, maybe you just don't have enough faith. Or, or if you don't feel like, you know, I'm praying and, and for some reason God just isn't answering my prayers, you might be just struggling because somebody might have said to you, well, you're praying, but you just, you don't have enough faith. Friends, can I just like wave that out of the way? Because that's not always the case. In fact, last week we took a look at a passage of scripture that really was the foundation for launching in to this passage in Hebrews chapter 11. And it went something like this, Hebrews 10, 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side 
with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. See, these believers experience suffering. These believers in the book of Hebrews that the writer is writing through went through difficult times. They experienced persecution. They experienced hardship. They experienced difficulty and suffering. And there was much evidence in their lives that, that because of that, some of them were ready to throw up the white flag, throw up their hands and surrender. I give up and abandon the faith. But what do the writer of Hebrews says? He encourages them, don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. And it's from this point of struggling believers, it's at this place where he's looking at these believers and says, you went through some difficult times and you were hanging on. Don't give up now. That he begins to launch into a discourse in Hebrews chapter 11 talking about this powerful subject of faith. What is faith? What is faith? Today we're going we're gonna to dive in and we're going to talk about what is faith. And then from that, when we establish what is faith, the writer of Hebrews then is going to list examples of people who lived out by faith. How they lived out this faith, what faith does. So, so once you know what faith is, then there's examples that tell us what faith does. And so we're going we're gonna to take a look at that. So for a moment, let me just talk a little bit about the word faith. How many know faith is a term that's thrown out all over the place today? People talk about, they throw out faith about everything. And oftentimes faith is associated with religion or faith is associated with going to church. But, but friends, I got to be honest with you. Faith is much more than that. Faith is much more than that. All of us, whether we're religious or not, every day in our lives, we demonstrate some kind of faith. We demonstrate faith. We live by faith every day, no matter who we are, whether you're a believer or whether you're not a believer in Jesus. Let me let me illustrate. Last March, I had the opportunity to go to a conference. It was called the Church Multiplication Conference, CMN Conference in Houston, Texas. And so let me tell you a little bit about how my day went, kind of as I remember it. Probably not. I'm probably making some of this up, so I'm just going to just tell you that up front right now, you know, uh, because I, but, but it kind of went like this, and it could go like this. I, I traveled to the airport, all right, so I get there. And I go through security, and you know, that's always difficult. You know, you got to take your shoes off and do all. I get through security, I get to the other side, and I have some time before my plane leaves. And so I decide that, man, I just really need coffee and a donut. By the way, I love coffee and donuts. I, so I think that probably would happen. But I, I wanted a coffee and a donut, so I stop by, I get a coffee, I get a donut. And then I, I get onto the plane, and the engines whine, and we zip down the runway at over 100 miles an hour. And just before the end of the runway is going to be, all of a sudden the plane lifts up. I'm in the air, and it carries me to my destination. Right? And you say, well, that's kind of something that happens every single day. That doesn't sound too risky. But think about it for a moment. Go with me for a moment. If you're, if you're with me, we just bought a cup of coffee from a lady we didn't know. 
We don't know what she put in it. In fact, where did she get the coffee from? Does she even know where the coffee came from that she made? Or who made it or where it came from? Right? How about the donut we put in our mouth? Do you even know where the ingredients came from? Who made it? What's in there? But you ate it anyway, right? I ate it, right? Some of you ate a donut out there. Did you even know where that came from? Some of you saw the box. You're like giant eagle. But what did they put in it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but really, how, how about the plane you got on? Did you inspect the plane before you got on? Did you go around and make sure that it was all taken care of, that they had tended to it right? How about the pilot? Did you meet the pilot? Did you check his credentials? Do you know that he's able to fly? No, you got on and probably never even saw him because they sealed those cabin doors shut and you don't even know if he's even in there. Right? I mean, come on, right? How about the other people on board with you? You ever spy some of them and go, hmm, who let them in here? No, I know none of you did that. Every single day we live our lives by faith. You lived your life, I lived my life by faith. I, I, I didn't think about it, I, I just kind of trusted, right? I just kind of trusted. I, I kind of trusted that if I went up and got a, 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 a cup of coffee, it was going to be safe, and the person handed it to me, that it would be safe. I just kind of assumed the donut I ate would be safe. We go through our life every day doing things by faith without even worrying about it. It used to be that businesses took checks. Some of them still do. We do. Make it out to Painesville Assembly of God. <laughs> but that check is accepted based on good faith that you have the money in the bank to cover the check. Right? If you don't, what happens? Bounce. <laughs> but for the most part, you receive that what? In good faith. In good faith. Faith, you bring your vehicle to the mechanic for a repair. How many of you ever go back there and watch him actually take it? Take the part that he says was broken out of it and put a brand new part that's working in it. Anybody ever just follow along? Most of us don't. Most of us trust the mechanic. We take, the, we take it in. They say this is wrong. They say this needs to be changed. We, we give it to them. We wait a couple of hours. We come back. We assume that the parts that we paid for and that they said were on the invoice sheet actually got put in and they didn't take any other parts out that shouldn't be in there. We just do that every day by faith, right? Because at the heart of faith is what? Trust. At the heart of faith is Trust, you trust something or someone and you believe that the outcome will be all right. So with that in mind, let's read Hebrews 11 chapter 1, or chapter 11 verse 1. Oh boy. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So what is faith? Faith is not some, woo. I hope against hope and woo, I don't know what's out there, right? That's not what faith is. Faith involves substance. As God defines it, it must have substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It involves stuff. It's not just positivity. Woo, I have faith, I'm very positive. I'm sorry if that offends you. 
there are some people that just like, I don't, I don't get that. I get, just give me some positive vibes, man. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm so sorry. This is what happens. You guys get second service and I get out of control. No, faith is not a hunch. It's not a hunch. it's, It's not positive thinking. It's not hoping for the best. It's not just hoping things will turn out right. It's not a feeling of optimism or a hope so type of feeling. Neither is it an intellectual ascent into some kind of doctrine, okay? It's not believing in spite of evidence. No, faith involves substance. Faith deals with real things, real things, Even if they haven't crossed our five senses yet, faith deals with real things. The word substance literally means to stand under or support. To stand under or to support. Faith to a Christian is what a foundation is to a house. It's the substance. Faith is the substance of things. Faith is only as good as the object in which you put your faith in. It's only as good as the object. Now, let me go back to the illustration for a moment, okay? I'm flying to Houston, right? And and, and so my faith was in substance. My faith was in the fact that I trusted that there was an airline that told me that if if I trusted them, if I put my faith in them, that they would vet the pilot and make sure the pilot had the training and the credentials in the health to be able to fly the plane. By trusting in the airline, they made a promise to me that their mechanics were well-trained enough to examine that plane and to make sure that that plane was safe for me to be able to get to my destination. I put my faith in the substance of that airline to be able to carry out what they had promised. See, friends, that's what faith is. It's only as good as the object. You have to trust the object. My faith, though, is only as good as the substance, again, that I trusted, meaning that faith is only as meaningful as the substance to which it's attached. (coughs) So let me put it this way. Everybody lives their life by faith. I established that already. The question is, what substance are you basing your faith in? What's the object? Because you can, you can trust. You can put faith in some pretty bad substances. You can put your faith in some, some pretty bad objects. You can, you, can, you can trust some things that are kind of really not good because the substance, it says faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. Things hoped for. So I'm, I'm hoping for something based on the substance, meaning that I believed I would get to Houston, Texas because I believed that the airline was reputable enough that I could put my faith in to get me there. The question is, is the substance in what you're trusting leading you to the destination and bringing you what you had hoped for? Because there are certain substances that don't bring about what you had hoped for. They can lead to some pretty destructive things on the other side, if you know what I mean. Faith has to do with expectation and a hope 
that must involve a substance to the amount of your faith is not tied to how much faith you have, but it's tied to how much substance you possess. If you want to have greater faith, let me just go back to God for a moment. If you want to have greater faith in God, then guess what? You've got to really get to know the substance. Because the more you know the substance, the more you know who you're putting your faith in, the more you know this God that you are putting your faith in, the more you know Jesus, the greater the amount of faith and trust that you're able to have. But if you don't know him, if you don't really know him, then that will limit the amount of faith that you can put in him. The surer the substance, the more solid the faith. Faith has to be solid and trustworthy. That's where you need to put your faith in. There's a lot of insufficient and untrustworthy substances out there that produce no results. But what makes faith, faith is the substance for which you hope for. That's what makes faith, faith. Some translations say, Hebrews 11.1, 1, they use the word assurance instead of substance. Okay, let's go with that. Assurance instead of substance. The word assurance is a confidence word. I have confidence, okay? So what the substance, so instead of substance, it's assurance. So let me ask you, what does your faith, what do you have confidence in? Your confidence has to, to be in the source. What's, what is that? Everybody has faith. You say, I don't have faith. I'm an atheist. Yes, you do. You have faith. I don't have faith. I'm an atheist. I don't, I don't believe in God. Well, but how'd you arrive at that conclusion? Because, see, you're, you, you are, you, let, just go with me for a moment. It, and, and again, I'm not trying to step on atheists for a moment, but I just want you to see that you too have faith. If you're an atheist, you have faith. You have faith. Somewhere along the line, somewhere, someone, something convinced you that there was no God. That there was no God. That the Bible is not true. That all of this is hogwash. Maybe you're tuning in online and you just kind of came across and this caught your, you know, caught you. Just go with me for a moment. But you have, you have faith. Maybe somewhere along the line. Maybe you went to a, a university somewhere and, uh, and you had a, a professor. He was pretty smart. He had a lot of letters after his name, more than you can count. And so you said, man, this guy's pretty smart. He's, he's, he's a lot smarter than me. And so you began to listen to the things that he was teaching and he began to give you some books by some authors. And you began to look at those authors. And you came to the conclusion based on that professor and what that professor said. Based on the books that he shared. That hey, there is no God. Guess what? You have faith. Your faith and the substance of your faith is in that professor. In that professor's teaching. And in the books and the authors that that professor has given you. That's the substance of your faith. The question is, is that a reliable substance? All of us has to ask ourselves that question. Is it a reliable subject, substance? Is, is what we have, have based our life, you see, because, because what we base, because when you base your life on a substance, when you put your faith in a substance, when you trust in a substance, what follows that are your actions. You begin to live 
what you believe. So if I believe there is no God, then I will, that, will, that will translate into the decisions that I make and how I live my life. I live my life in a way in which I don't believe there is a God. There is no God. Therefore, I will not read the Bible and I will not go to church. And, 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 you know, and I, I just, I won't, I don't need, need to do all those things. I don't have to do all that stuff because I don't believe in any of that. But, I, but I'll do these other things. Well, why? Because I, I trusted in a particular substance, someone, something, something I read, someone I listened to that told me something that I believed. And as a result of that, I trusted, I put my faith in that, and I began to live that way. Here, here's a great example. How many have ever tried to lose weight? Nobody wants to raise their hands. Okay. I've tried, I've done it, now I failed again. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. All right? But, but this is the way this goes. Man, I really want to lose weight. Hey, have you heard about that diet plan? That's the new rage. Everybody's losing weight on that diet plan. Have you seen that? It's on Facebook. You ought to read that. This author said if you do this, this, and this, and this health professor and this, doc this doctor said if you do, oh, man, I'm going to put my faith in that, and I'm going, to, I'm going to try that. And you put your faith in that diet plan in hopes that it will give you the results that you wanted. You put your faith in something, see, and it resulted in your actions. Our faith then results in what we do, our actions on the other side, because faith involves substance. Faith is the assurance of things, the confidence in things hoped for, and the evidence of something that you hope for. Your eyes haven't seen it, but you believe by trusting in this substance and the evidence that you've heard about that it's going to bring about this result. Again, I go back to the, the phrase, the surer the substance, the more solid the faith. How sure is your substance? For the Hebrew believers in this book of Hebrews in chapter 10 who were ready to lose confidence, the writer says to them, no, don't lose confidence because we have a sure substance and his name is Jesus. We have a sure substance and his name is is Jesus. And let me help you understand that. You see, earlier he wrote to them in Hebrews 6.18, it is impossible for God to lie. He's building a case. You can trust the substance. You can trust God. He does not lie. Later on in Hebrews 13, he'll say, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is consistent. He is consistent. And now he begins to unpack for them, and I'm going to do it really quickly, quicker than I did it in first service, I think. That was just to bring you back. He begins to give them examples, examples of imperfect people, examples of people who in their lives were not perfect, but who walked by faith, who worshiped by faith, who worked by faith who waited by faith, who lived their lives by faith because they trusted the surety that God was able to bring about what he had promised, that there was a sure substance for their faith. So let's talk a little bit about what faith does. Again, this is not does, and then this is as I begin to trust and as I begin to put my faith in God, here's what happens with my life. 
here's the results, here's the action-oriented things that come out of my life. The first is faith worships, faith worships. Hebrews 11.4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through, <coughs> excuse me, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Does everybody remember Cain and Abel? They were the, the, the first after Adam and Eve had sinned and, and, and God had, 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 had kind of dealt with that. He, he then gave them children. Cain was the firstborn and, and Abel was the secondborn. And, and, uh, and Genesis 4, 1 and 2, now Adam knew his wife. She conceived and bore Cain saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Cain was a worker of the ground. We don't know a whole lot about these two guys. Oh, we don't know how far apart they were in their birth. We don't, we don't know how, you know, what the difference was, but we do know one thing. We know that Abel was a, was, was a person who took care of sheep and Cain worked the field. The story continues in, in Genesis 4:3. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought the <coughs> excuse me, firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was angry and his face fell. What happened? Both of these guys brought offerings. Both of them came and they, they gave their offerings. Why was Abel's offering accepted and Cain's offering not accepted? Well, we really get into it before we, as we do, we need to take a look back at Hebrews eleven four talks about the fact that they, they worship. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. The word offered reflects obedience. Abel didn't just simply believe that a sacrifice would be acceptable, but he, accept, he, he assessed that the divine blessing meant that there was an obedience to a prescribed method. There was a way in which to worship. There was a way in which to worship. When Cain is angry... His offering is not accepted. In Genesis 4, 7, the Lord says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? What this tells me is, is that there was something in which the way in which Cain brought his offering that was not the prescribed way in which God had invited him to do so. You got to think that Cain and Abel, they were, they were both church-going boys, Right? After what had happened with Adam and Eve, you, you, you can't help but, but think that they would, they would tell their, their sons, hey, there's a way in which you worship a holy God. We tried this once. Remember, we, we sinned against God. And we discovered that not any kind of covering would do. That we needed a different kind of covering. You see, we tried to cover our shame and our nakedness with fig leaves. And God said, no, 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 that simply will not do. You can't do it on your own, in your own way. And God provided for them a sacrifice of animal skins to cover them. There was a sacrifice that was provided for them. So boys, here's what you need to know. When you bring an offering to God on behalf of your sin, it needs to involve a sacrifice. Worship needs to involve some kind of a, a sacrifice. There has to be the shedding of blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Boys, you need to understand this. 
And Abel, by faith, said, okay, I'm not going to come to the Lord with anything. I'm going to take my sheep. I'm going to take the first of my sheep. I'm going to take the best of my sheep. And I'm going I'm to do the prescribed way that God has said. And I'm going to offer that sacrifice on behalf of my sin. And Cain said, you know what? I don't know. I think the, the here, here's the, the fruit and the veggies from my farming. I think that's good enough. No, no offense, Larry. You know, no offense. <laughs> I think this will be good enough. I think this will be good enough. That was the difference. Cain offered the first and the best and according to the way in which God wanted to deal with sin. And Cain wanted to come in with his worship and just offer whatever he wanted to, however he wanted, and say, God, you just have to accept it. Can I say that there's a lot of us, that's what we do, we offer Cain worship. We just give to God the leftovers in our lives. We don't offer him the first and the best. We think, well, if I just have some good works and I just do a little bit this, a little bit of that, that's good enough. Is it? David said, I will not offer the Lord that which costs me nothing. I won't offer the Lord that which costs me nothing. James 2.18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. Our faith is seen by our obedience. Works is another word for obedience. Because Abel was obedient to God, God accepted his worship. Because Cain was disobedient, he didn't, his, his worship was not accepted. God desires our obedience. Our obedience is not, we're not working to earn salvation. However, however, if we truly have faith in the source, then obedience is what follows. Obedience is what follows. If you love me, Jesus said, you will do what I command. If you love me, you will do, oh, but Jesus, I love you. I just really don't want to do what you command. Well, do you love him? Oh, don't go there. Not only does faith worship, faith walks. Hebrews 11.5, by faith Enoch was taken up so he should not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. What is this story all about? Who, the, who is Enoch? Do we even know who Enoch is? Who's Enoch? We don't know a whole lot about Enoch, but let me tell you what we do know about Enoch, and this is really important. Genesis 5.24 tells us, Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more because God took him away. Oh, I love this. You know why I love this? Because God loves to walk with his people. And could you just imagine with me Enoch? Can you imagine with me? Enoch had a faith in God, and his faith in God resulted in a walk with God. He walked with God. He just loved to walk with God. He loved to talk with God. He, he, and he tells me I am his own. For those of you that like the hymns. All right. That, boy, I just thought some of you would just love that. Okay, never mind. Never mind, never mind, never mind. All right, I think you're all asleep. That's okay. But Enoch, man, Enoch just, just having this relationship with God. In a world, like, by the way, this is pre-Noah. In a world that was going downhill in a handbasket, you have Enoch who just values this walk with God. And he's just walking with God. And I can just imagine one day God just saying, hey, Enoch, Enoch, would you like to go on a walk with me? Enoch, oh, God, I love to go on a walk. I love our walks. I love when we go on walks. Yeah, let's walk. And I imagine they're walking. 
and they're talking, and they're walking, and they're talking, and he's just enjoying that. And before he knows it, he's walked right into eternity. Ha-ha. Faith walks with God. Faith walks with God, even when it's not easy. Even when it doesn't seem like it makes sense, faith simply walks. Don't give up your confidence. Faith walks. Faith walks. Because Hebrews eleven six, 6, the next verse, and without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. The substance is God, a faith. I have faith in God because I believe the backside that God is a rewarder of to diligently seek him. Enoch walked with God and God rewarded him. Friends, when you walk with God, you can trust that at the end God says, Mm, I've never, I, I, I got a reward for you. I got a reward for you. I thought there'd be more amens. Man, it's awfully quiet in here. You guys are not helping me preach at all. You must want me to get done so you can go chair louder for the Browns to beat the Jets. Don't put your faith in that. Anyway, faith doesn't just worship and walk, faith works. Noah, by faith Noah was warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. But by this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. You see, Noah is a man whose faith led to some hard work. Maybe you never thought about it, but building an ark is hard work. I don't think God will ever call any of you to build an ark, okay? Maybe he did. I mean, he called somebody in Cincinnati to build an ark. So maybe he'll call you to do that. But it took Noah... And his three boys, a hundred years. That's a project, right? Do you have that kind of faith? You see, faith, faith works. Warren Wearsby put it this way. Faith enables us to understand what God does. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. And as a result, faith enables us to do what others cannot do. Remember what James said. Faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is what? Dead. Dead. Faith works. Faith works. Faith is evidenced by our obedience and the actions of our life. And finally, 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 faith waits. I know, you just couldn't wait for the cherry on top, right? Faith waits. Who likes to wait? Hebrews 11, 8 through 10, by faith. <clears throat> Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going, but by faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Abraham's oftentimes called the father of our faith, but there is no quality that marks the life of Abraham more when it comes to faith than waiting. Than waiting. He was called to go to a land he did not know, a land that he would inherit and that his family would inherit. Yet the entire time that he was in the land, he lived in a tent as a no-man and owned no piece of it except a burial cave for his wife. He waited a hundred years to finally receive the promise of his son Isaac to be born. A hundred years and all along he was waiting and waiting and waiting for the promised Messiah and the eternal city of God. Sometimes it is hard to wait. Some of you have been waiting on a prayer to be answered. 
Some of you have been waiting on a job to be offered. Some of you have been waiting on that diagnosis when you went and got that scan done from the doctor and you're sitting and you're waiting, not sure what the results are gonna be. Some of you who are single have been praying and waiting for God to bring that helpmate into your life and it's not happening. And there are some of you, you have other things, fill in the blank. You are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And when, when you wait and wait, sometimes your confidence gives way. Sometimes you wanna give up. Up. Sometimes you want to throw it away. Oh, but let me tell you something, friends. You can trust the substance. You can trust the substance. Abraham trusted the substance, and God did not disappoint. God came through. A hundred years later, he provided a son by the name of Isaac, and later on, he gave them that land that he had promised him, and, and he showed the Messiah showed up on the scene. That's what the book of Hebrews is all about. It's all about showing us how Jesus fulfilled Every one of God's promises in the Old Testament. And if he did it then, he'll do it again. Friends, he's coming back. Faith waits. Faith waits. When you've prayed and prayed, and all you can do is pray, and you've done all you can do, sometimes the greatest proof of your faith is simply to wait. It's simply to wait. Faith pleases God will enable you to wait with confidence. By faith you believe. In fact, you know that God will come through in the end. Worship team, let's come to close it out. All these heroes of the faith, they waited with faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They were living by faith when they died. But it was not the end. They did not receive the things promised. <coughs> they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. They kept waiting. They kept waiting. They kept waiting. And why did they wait in faith? Why did they live by faith? Because they knew the substance of their faith was true, was sure, and that God would come through. And friends, we have the opportunity looking back to see that what they waited for, we saw the fulfillment of in Jesus Christ. It is a sure thing. And Jesus will return and fulfill the other promises in his word. And so we wait with confidence until the day of the Lord Jesus when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And while we wait in faith, we worship. And while we wait in faith, we walk. We just walk. We walk with Jesus. And while we wait in faith, we work. We use the gifts that God has given us for his kingdom, and we work. All the while, we wait until we see the day approaching. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of you are struggling with faith. Some of you are struggling to trust in Jesus. Some of you are waiting for for an answer to prayer and it's just not coming and you're just ready to give up keep on trusting come on keep on worshiping come on keep on working keep on waiting God can be trusted he can be trusted let's bow our heads is there anybody here maybe you have not trusted Jesus as the substance of your faith Maybe when it comes to how to deal with your guilt and your shame and your sin, 
You, 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 you haven't trusted Jesus as the substance and the one who can forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And today, you want to place your faith in a sure substance in Jesus. If that's you, will you slip up your hand today? I want to put my faith in Jesus. If you're online, will you just let us know? I want to put my faith in Jesus. Anybody at all? Today, I want to put my faith in Jesus. He's a true substance. I want to put my faith in Jesus. Secondly, you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I've been struggling to trust Jesus. I've been struggling in my faith. I've, I've been losing my confidence. And I need prayer today. I just, I, I just, will you pray for me today? I've just been, I've been losing some confidence. I believe in Jesus, but I've been struggling. If that's you, will you slip up your hand? I've just been struggling with my faith. Yeah, yeah. Father, I just pray that you would just begin to bring the reassurance. Those, God, today that, that raise their hands, that they're struggling. They're struggling to trust. They're struggling to believe. They're wrestling and struggling in their faith. I pray that, Lord, you would come alongside and you would just encircle them in your love, in your mercy, in your grace. That, Father, they would just, they would, they would just be encouraged to not let go, to keep on walking to keep on trusting, to keep on leaning into you. Oh, Jesus, we trust you today. We trust you today. We put our faith in you. Encourage those that are here to follow you. You're a firm foundation. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.